one. Okay, so today we are trying something that we've never done before. Normally with the podcast, I normally have one guest in at a time, but today I have three. So, boys, how are we doing? Hello. Good. Good evening. Good. So, starting off, let's give the quick introductions. Callum, go ahead, man. Hi, my name is Callum. I'm back from a previous podcast a few ago. Mm-hmm. Um, had an absolute blast, so we thought we'd get a few of the boys together and basically chew the fat. Okay. All right, Mark. Yeah, my name is Mark. This is my first time being on the podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, <clears throat> I guess I have a background in classical music, but also I enjoy, enjoy fitness just as much. And Morgan? Yeah, Morgan, history student, musician, uh, world traveller. Not so successfully recently, given the circumstances. <laughs> um, <laughs> I work with two of these fine gentlemen who are joining me, and uh, I like to think of this session as basically... Our banter sessions at work recorded. Yeah. That is actually the whole point of it because I was just saying earlier on that Callum's episode is already one of the most downloaded episodes of this year so far. And I don't know why, but people do want to hear boys talk shit. I mean, respectively. And here's the other thing I'm just going to notice off the bat real quick how four, we have four very different personalities. Okay, Mark, you drink it out of a monster can. <laughs> Morgan's drinking out of a cup, <laughs> out of a mug. I've got my one litre water bottle right here. <laughs> and then Callum was just drinking out of a... a was, was I basically mean? shotgunned a coconut here. <laughs> 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 so you got four different perspectives. And that's why I thought to myself, let's actually write down some questions. I feel like we're all going to have very, very different perspectives. So here's how this is going to run. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to go in order of which I introduced. So Callum to Mark to Morgan. And then if you actually end up circling back to each other, even better. Okay, you boys ready for a question? First question? Okay. So this is the health and fitness podcast, and of course fighting. But to to you, since we all train quite vigorously, who was your what is your biggest inspiration when it comes to training? <sighs> tough one. Yeah, tough one. Tough one. Um Well just um be honest, I guess. To look good. Yeah. Look good, feel good. Okay, moving yeah. on. Nice and simple. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I'd like to sit here and say that I look up to like famous influencers, movie stars, like successful people, but I find a lot of my motivation comes from the people around me, people closest to me. Um, like I, I know they all work very hard and they're all very nice people and I feed and thrive off their energy, I feel like. Um, and although everyone's got their own you know, path, pathway they want to go in life. I feel like they all have something of value that we can give to each other. And that's sort of what pushes me to do better, work harder and be successful, I guess. Mm. I've just always um, wanted to really live stronger, faster. Um, So I suppose my inspiration just comes from the desire to do things better, more efficiently, I suppose. The opposite of kind of the aesthetic approach. I suppose um, I'll always do things first to build endurance and I suppose it's reflected in the exercises that I do for instance now I try and make it my mission to just ride ride my bike everywhere like if I have the time then distance doesn't matter if I can make the time to ride instead of driving I'll ride there mm. and that's in line with my kind of philosophy I guess yeah as you say you are the only that also another difference between the three of us is we all have different ways of getting here to the actual podcast itself you were the only person I've ever met that's actually ridden their bike. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the story behind that? Are you riding by choice or are you riding by just because? No, it's exactly that. It's just, you know, why not? Mm. Save money, just fit some free cardio into your day. You can never have enough cardio if you're not worried about, you know, atrophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Seth Rose, you would say, functional, functional and fuckable baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically what I'm training for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a get me girls. Oh, six pack shortcuts. Did you boys? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Is that the um? Yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike Chang. Chang. Yeah, yeah. Mike Chang. <laughs> Did you guys uh, ever have that phase in your life? Where you grab your laptop, you put on a Mike Chang video, and then you think if you sure, did this yeah. enough, you get Jack just by doing his workouts that are like 15 minutes long. Yeah, yep. literally. That <laughs> was how I got into fitness. Really? watching those really shitty videos. Oh. Like, I transitioned pretty quickly from him to um, Elliot oh Hulse. 
I don't know if you guys know Elliot yeah, Hulse. Yeah, Elliot Hulse. Yep. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yep. He's, that dude's like. He's changed. He's changed a lot. He, he, he got be, weird for a bit. Though. I stopped following. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real weird. He he was. I remember like when the f- he was one of the first original Literally. fitness YouTubers. He would put out good videos, videos about training and strongman training and getting strength and eating. But then all of a sudden he yeah, started like giving like life advice to everyone yeah, and think like he was men, like men's life advice. Yeah. <laughs> And then I remember watching this one video where I was like, I was just like, mate, you've lost the plot. And I think it was the video where he said, oh, men and women cannot be friends. And I'm like, well, what if they work together? Like, what if they have a genuine work? What if they are both in a relationship or both married or whatever and they never had a cross? Because I'm pretty sure, like, almost every workplace you come across these days would be, well, not every, but most workplaces are mixed. Yeah. In a way. Anyway, uh... Biggest inspiration, inspiration for me, probably be the amount of shit talk that goes on in the Revo uh, Kings chat. <laughs> <laughs> big Rami, big Rami. Rami, if you're listening, man, we're talking, <laughs> you know, we're talking about you. It's just wow, just the amount of shit. That sometimes I leave my phone. I, I, for rule for me is at seven pm is when I have my cut off for my phone. Go home because I've left work. Put the phone down side. Spend the next few hours talking to my girlfriend and all that. Uh, having dinner. And then I wake up sometimes at 4.15 4. or 5 a.m. in the morning, big drive to work. The first thing I do is also check my phone once I've got to work. <laughs> and then it's just a list of, like, hurricane of messages, like, in that group chat, just from Rami talking shit <laughs> on everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Kai's pretty savage, too. Yeah. Kai, yeah. He's fucking strong, though. Kai's pretty savage. Have you seen what I've been saying to Kai? No. <laughs> I've got no filter in that chat. I'll just <laughs> rip on anyone. I was too good. There was uh, one individual, who shall not be named, who... Was added to the chat. I don't know if you were in the chat when you saw this. I like destroyed this poor guy. Oh. He left. He left with his tail between his legs. <laughs> it all comes, we can actually talk about that issue. In yeah, general. it's a good topic. Okay, yeah. so, break, so let's give us some backstory then. Let's talk well, about it. Let's I go. Mean, this is what we're here for. Mark may be more qualified to discuss <laughs> okay. the topic itself. Yeah, basically, um, like I through Instagram, like I saw this very strong person um, deadlifting, mm-hmm. and. Um, we sort of uh, started chatting in the DMs, sort of got to know each other, and then I had a session with him. Great guy, great yeah, guy. It's a good topic. Um, but then I know Morgan doesn't like like it when people um, <laughs> slam yeah, weights, make uh, loud noises in the gym. <laughs> Wait, why'd you hesitate? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you love the Ronnie <coughs> Coleman videos? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, all I'm going to say is, you know, Again, in line with the um, kind of stuff that I like to do. You know, I'm not there for aesthetics. I'm not there Morgan necessarily like to impress people as my first goal. My mm. first goal is always to increase my performance, to run longer, run faster, <laughs> do everything. Like, um, yeah, hopefully. Um, and so I think <laughs> when you're slamming weights, this person wasn't slamming weights. I'll just say this person was getting to the top of the deadlift and then throwing the bar down oh. with quite a bit of force Okay, in like... In a very large chain gym in Perth, like I mean, when you're doing that, you want heads to turn, you want people to look at you. Okay. And so I just essentially said, um, like we spoke about it, and I got to the point where I got this guy to admit that he could do what he was doing without disturbing everyone else. Yet okay. he st- he still continued to you know throw the weights down. It just seems really inconsiderate, basically. It's just rude. I mean, there's gym etiquette. That you have to follow. Yeah. Unspoken rules. Like, I can totally get behind your point. But I think also his, I guess his perspective is channeling that aggression um, is how he lifts and how he lifts well. Um, and that's a totally valid sort of place to get your motivation from. But um, when, yeah, when you are throwing down the weights like yeah. that, it's kind of like, like... I can. Totally get behind yeah. your point. Well, I that's a conversational topic there. What's your take on slamming weights, Cal? That um, I think Mark made an interesting point there. Like, there is a certain benefit, I guess, of getting aggressive when you're um, looking for maximal strength output. Um, when, yeah, we looked at a little bit of uni around like that sort of arousal like bell curve. Oh, um, yeah. So everybody's sitting on that bell curve somewhere. So in his justification... He might be a little bit like, man, I don't, I don't slam weights down, but I'm definitely loud when I'm lifting heavy. Um, he might be further on that spectrum towards higher arousal is better for strength. Um, whereas somebody like Mark, I know when you train, 
you're lifting pretty hard. It's not strength training, it's hypertrophy, but you're quite quiet and squared away. Yep. So you might be on the lower end of that bell curve. Um, so in justification for all things loud Inside and his all head things is quiet. Like, Come on, Kakarot, find a way. <laughs> I trust in everything. <laughs> so, yeah, <go> on. <laughs> uh, sorry, you were saying, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's going to be different on their on their spectrum for arousal. Um, and if as long as somebody's found their perfect spot for what they're training for, then, then that's fine with me. Um, if you're doing it purely for attention, like that's fine too. Just admit it. Like okay. I love chasing attention <laughs> in the gym, um, but I'm, I'm also more than happy to admit it. Like fuck <laughs> you, look at me. <laughs> that's actually that's positive. So what happened then in the end? Like, oh, I just you know I just out logic him. Like <laughs> he was like he was like you know you know oh if I'm having a bad day I just want to go to the gym and slam weights on the floor and it's like. Yeah, well, I think other people in the gym, if they're having a bad day, the last thing they want to do is go to a gym and hear someone else mm. slamming weights mm. on the floor. So, okay. like, it goes both mm. ways. It's just etiquette, again. End point. Yeah, good point. I personally, when it comes to slamming, couple sets, yep, okay, because <laughs> we've got a few strong guys, and they're definitely, they they load it up more than, like, a f- like three plates at least. That's cool. That's cool. But it has to be, like, every bloody set, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are gyms you can go to for that as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you want to do that, go and you want to do that constantly and constantly. I mean, there's some strong man gyms out there, some powerlifting gyms where I believe that's accepted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like Definitely. pick your audience. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. True. Pick, yeah. pick your space. Yeah. <laughs> read, read the room a little bit. Yeah. People, <laughs> people are staring at you and not nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe find another room. <laughs> true, true. I mean, uh, one thing I actually remember about uni that I actually respected a lot was there was actually a room just for that. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the HP high, high performance room. Yeah, yeah. I love that because uh, yeah. there was <clears throat> there was a gym and it had all the equipment, had all the benches, had the dumbbells. But then there's an area where you can actually like go into, mm. and then I remember back in the day there was some like some <laughs> crazy feats of strength that would go off in there, like game thrown to Rami. He would fucking bench a fair bit, deadlift a fair bit, and then fucking Josh as well. Josh, oh, listening, man. He's he's on that yeah. kid was on like another level. I mean, he would squat like four plates. And he's like, and he look at me. He's like, okay, pass me my belt. What? I was like, <laughs> he's going up, something like that. So, dude's got like two hundred kilo bench. Oh, Same madness, madness. Anyway, boys. So, on to the next question. What d- if you were on an island, right, and you could only pick three exercises? What exercises would they be? Hmm. <laughs> Pull ups, dips, and deadlifts. That was quick. Why yep. those three? Uh, is probably the most uh, balanced approach to covering off your whole body, easiest to manage and set up on an island and hitting aesthetic and postural muscle groups. Tying in sort of all those things together, that would probably be the best best three off the top of my head. Okay. As a quick fire answer anyway. Yeah, that's good, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Mark? Um, I'd probably swap out the dips for push-ups just because I prefer push-ups over dips, but deadlifts and pull-ups. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd go similar. Pull-ups, push-ups, and I just say squats, bodyweight squats. I mean, I'm thinking desert island here. Like, oh no, you, you can take equipment. Equi- you can, can take, take equipment. equipment. Okay. Yeah. Probably still a squat, really, like a barbell squat. Okay. Yeah. Personally, uh, I would take for myself uh, dumbbell bench, dumbbell dumbbell press, flat uh, dumbbell press, because mm. I, I, I can't. I'm one of those people who just can't stay in the bar unless it's a Swiss bar. I agree. I mean, that's something we can also dive into, but I just can't, I just can't stand the bar. I was always... We can dive into the barbell bench press being an overrated exercise. Well, that (laughs) was actually the next question. Fuck that thing. Yeah, well, that's actually good. That was actually my next question. What do you think was the most overrated uh, exercise of all time? But uh, the finish of that perspective was uh, dumbbell bench press, trap bar deadlifts, obviously, because... Trap bar is like my favourite thing of uh, piece of equipment. We, we've seen on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember there was a period of my life where I actually just would trap bar like three times a week and all that. It was mainly because I have just a deadlifts for me is like it's such a difficult exercise to get right. Even with someone with the years of training and noise I have, like one bad rep and you know, you can yeah. cool, put you in a world of pain and there's nothing I hate more than fucking strains and hyperextensions and injuries. They're the worst. And then the last exercise, definitely I would always say would be pull-ups because pull-ups is king. Okay, so again, next question. 
Yeah. Overrated yeah. exercises. Barbell bench press. Uh, okay. Are we, uh, we all in agreement I here? Think, yeah, we're in accordance well, on that one. I think uh, actually yeah. I've Ooh. got an answer that'll link the two questions. Okay. So you're on a desert island, right? Let's say you're on a desert island. You can take your equipment, whatever. You're okay. still stuck on an island alone. Yeah. Why are you exercising? You're exercising to survive. It's <laughs> <yeah? laughs> a game of survival. Now. It's now you against nature, you against the wild. So, so everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so this comes back to an interesting yeah, right. point that I was discussing with another friend a few weeks ago, which is um, we're talking about our favorite machines in the gym. Yeah. And I saw what his mouth was forming, and I was like, no, <laughs> don't even say, don't even say, don't even say the leg press, because uh. you show me any evidence that you know. <laughs> Primitive man was out there surviving in the wild on a desert island somewhere and <laughs> had a need for the leg press. You know, in my mind, the only real, the only consequence of doing the leg press over a squat and a deadlift is when you're preparing for a grizzly bear <laughs> to jump on top of you and you've got to push it off with your legs before stabbing it. Yeah, That's the only point of the leg press, in Fair. my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Very what? different perspective. Well, I mean, the leg press does have some hypertrophy benefits, I would say, but it's not something I want to recommend for someone who wants to improve strength. I mean, it does. It can be good for range of motion, uh, but I haven't really, it's not really a main thing with your strength. I do think there is a lot of benefits to the single leg press. Single leg? Single leg, yeah. You know, because single leg has a high metabolic cost. We've obviously learned that. So I think there's a way to do it. But, I also am in agreement with barbell bench press. Like, it's the the barbell is such an unforgivable piece of equipment. Like, if you've got a weakness, or if you've got an area of uh, injury, it will expose that. So, it's just an injury mill for most people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just see gym bros roll up week after week after week. First exercise on chest day without warming up. Barbell bench press. Chuck some twenties on. Bang out some mediocre reps. <laughs> <laughs> Load up a little bit more weight Hit some fucking worse reps Straight onto the incline press Oh boy <laughs> Start rubbing the shoulder Ooh, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might do some rotator cuffs and between yep. sets And for years just Unchanged physique So I think it's extremely unrated But that probably speaks more to their nutrition Sleep, hydration and Training principles rather than the exercise itself But even with somebody that does know what they're doing, I think the barber bench was still pretty overrated. Oh, boy. Okay. Mark, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it all stems from sort of um, powerlifting, really, and sort of powerlifting being used as, like, a benchmark for strength, especially in sports, because you have, like, NFL combine, you have the bench press for reps, 225 or whatever, 100 kilos. I never understood why they actually even did that. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I think its significance and importance to... Yeah, I mean, I how much it will contribute to overall strength and aesthetic development really has been severely overhyped. Just, you know, purely pop culture, sports, that kind of thing. And it still has its place. I still I still use the barbell bench press currently in my um, mesocycle. I have it in. Um, all things to... Prep brain, sorry. Um, <laughs> prep brain. Prep brain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Losing my train yeah, of thought. Yeah, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, I think it's it's like any other exercise, depending on your goals, what you want to get out of the gym. It's a tool in the toolbox. Use it, use it as you see fit for yourself and your goals. Um, I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah, I think if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. Um, so you've got to take the proper brain, precautions yeah. to warm up properly, Absolutely perform your prehab exercises, <laughs> and we'll then have the that, correct we'll form. That. So um, anytime I've yeah, ever I had any success like any coaching or performing the bench press, long-term with myself or with clients, it's been following Sebastian Oreb's basically format for warm-ups, prehab exercises, and then how to perform the bench press, and it's been fine. Um, but how you see it done traditionally, like I said, where people roll into the gym and just chuck 20s on and start banging out reps <laughs> with, with the head throw. Like, <laughs> with the head bangs. Yeah, with the head throw too, like like the Jay Cutler or some bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, overrated. Okay. All right. Good, good. Now, yeah, Morgan, got any finishing points on that one? No, no. I, I mean, I'll just, like Mark said, add a little disclaimer saying, of course, my controversial views on the leg press are not universal. They're just purely <laughs> what I think of the leg press personally as per my own goals and desires in the gym. <laughs> like I'd rather do a squat, do a deadlift for legs uh, 
because that, you know, utilizes stabilizer muscles that utilize, you have to use your entire body to lift that as you would in real life, mm. functionally. Fair point. Okay, so let's flip the script now. We've talked about overrated. Let's talk about underrated. Mm. What do you reckon is a very, very incredibly underrated exercise that you don't see people doing? Mm. Think on this one. In a gym? In a gym, yeah. Can I say running? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It could be because I have quite a few friends who are, um, who are into the bodybuilder stream, I suppose. But cardio in a gym, in my like limited, granted limited experience, I haven't been gymming for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, has I definitely see a lot of people like doing things like walking on treadmills, for instance, mm-hmm. or rowing with a very low intensity, very low pace, mm-hmm. and like when I look at that, I know it's kind of a question, I guess, for the more qualified people here, because I look at that and I don't really see any rationale for that. I think to myself, why walk when you can just run? Don't you want to run? Don't humans want to run naturally? Like, mm. yeah. If we look at like our, how we developed from um, walking on all fours to becoming bipedal, uh, walking's a part of that. We didn't just stand up on all fours and we were like, <laughs> I'm running now. <laughs> I'll, run, I'll run fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Naruto arms and shit. Like, no. Um, we were designed to walk and then running is basically a more f- efficient way of moving at that, that speed. I think it's after 6Ks an hour, um, running becomes more effective. So um, you, I, I think in my opinion, you're, you're right on that, but it would be a combination of, yeah, people should walk, but they should also run. Yeah. So they should be able to do both. <laughs> Well, it could just be for me because, like, you know, the gyms where you do the things you can't do in daily life. I mean, in daily life, I think everyone should technically be walking enough yeah, to that, justify. That's the problem. It's yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They it get up, on your they city. roll out of bed, yeah, and chuck into the car. shit in the toaster, roll into the car, <laughs> roll onto their office desk, yeah. <laughs> roll back into the car, and then roll onto the couch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I actually remember one time I went to a comedy gig, and the guy's first joke was, hey, you know you're getting old? Like, get this. Do you guys remember running? And then all of a sudden, everyone was laughing because a whole bunch of older people in the in the room at the time were like, "Do you guys remember running? <laughs> Do you guys remember the last time you jumped? Yeah. <laughs> Neither can I. We're getting fucking old." Oh. <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, yeah. So underrated. What would you say, Mark? Doing exercises with full range of motion, controlled, understanding what muscles you're working what the function of the muscle you're working is, you know, what it's supposed to do. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a specific exercise. I'd say more just people, the execution of exercises in general in gyms. Like you just see poor form everywhere. Like the other day, um, <laughs> um, I was training back, another guy was training back, and like this guy is like huge, ginormous guy, 6'2". <laughs> Huge I guy, um, exercise, but say. his form was just atrocious, and it's and there's me like, general. you know, sitting there trying yes. to emulate Dr. Mike Isratel like and you know <laughs> Jared Feather, all those guy, <laughs> kind of guys, um, and it's like, I, back, I guess back and you like, well, you'll still build muscle with like huge, suboptimal form, but. I think um, if you want to stay healthy, happy, keep your joints and, and limbs happy, your muscles happy, like, you know, there trying to getting them to perform the Mike, exercises properly with form and sort of the, kind of you guys. know, if you're going to do like, like any chest exercise, like you'll still build muscle you, sh- you should be able to understand what the function of the chest is. And if you're not doing it properly it's like you stay healthy, happy, why keep your joints why are you not doing it properly happy, is it ego are you trying to lift more weight because obviously if you chuck more weight on and you're not, you're not capable of handling that kind of weight obviously form will break down so yeah i wouldn't pinpoint any underrated exercise per se i'd pin i'd pin it to underrated attention to form and execution of exercises is it ego? Good point. Okay, weight? that's that's so good. All right. Yeah. I stole the words right out of my mouth. Wait. <laughs> 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 I love getting the question of like, oh, what's the, what's the best exercise? It's like, so well, yeah, nothing's best. Nothing is They're different. It's like, what's the difference between a dumbbell and a Smith machine? Well, one of them's more stable. One of them's less stable. Better or worse, they're different. Um, what's the best is, hey, can you do it for eight weeks and then make a slight variation? And can you actually do it for eight weeks without missing it? And can you make slight adjustments? 
can you recover from your workout? So what the best exercise in, in me is, yeah, exercise your brain to learn the train, training principles um, and then apply them. Um, but if I had to actually choose a specific underrated exercise, um, it would be an RDL. So that would encompass mm. a, a, a fairly heavy, you know, mm. two-legged RDL, um, but on then also sort of a, a single leg as well. So something with a bit more of a stability base. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. Like, um, in my in my sort of experience, that counteracts a fair few things that our lifestyle basically causes to be wrong with us. I'd say, or, or yeah, preventable injuries, uh, mainly caused from you know, our, our sedentary nature and sitting down. Um, the RDL can sort of counteract all of that through basically that posterior chain. Mm, I like it. I like it. For me personally, my my answer is very very different. It's actually farmers carries. Mm. Uh, the reason why <laughs> Morgan's gonna like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason why I like farmers carries first time. It, the farmers carries is just because I feel like it is the most natural movement. If you wanted to introduce someone to weight training, it is literally all you are is picking up weight and walking with it. And we do that every day as human beings. Every day, like shopping bags. <laughs> I know, walking dog. Mm. You know, that's why I get them here. I say, have you ever been in a gym ever before? So basic. And I look at the way you walk and where you hold the weight as well. And then it's so easy to progress. It's so easy to uh, add on to. It has strength benefits. A lot of strong men do it as well. If they want to use yoke carries or farmer carries. Or if they want, it has um, powerlifting benefits as well for grip strength as well. So that's that's just why. So now that's the little gym stuff. Now <laughs> I want to go into a little bit more philosophical stuff. So, Ooh, oh stuff. Yeah. so this is where it gets a little <laughs> bit more deep. So I was reading this. This is a little statistic. Since 2016, the number of gyms in Australia has doubled. Doubled. Wow. However, we have now over one third of the population is now overweight or classified as obese. Now, obviously, those are two different things we're bringing in, but it was something I saw in an article. I think, okay, so now you have more access to gyms than ever. You have more access to any information in fitness ever. But why is it, and health, but why is it that more than one-third now of the population is overweight and obese? What's your take on that? Overweights. Sorry? Overweights. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened since 2016? Overweights. <laughs> <laughs> People don't have to leave their fucking couch to get fat now. Yeah. Uh, that's that's big. That's a big. That's yeah. a big business idea, though. I mean, when the COVID pandemic hit, I was like, Uber Eats was like, huh, fuck yeah, right, yeah. sales boost. <laughs> well, I mean, before that, people actually had to let, get up and do some minor activity to go get shit. Now they can just get <laughs> shit basically delivered to their door. And not that I don't rate Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love we, it. <laughs> we, uh, we all do. We all, we all rate that. But do you think there's a, anything else? Do you think it's like a cultural thing that's shifted? Or or do you just think it's an over-increase of population? Like it's a very multifaceted question. Yeah. There are I so know. many factors that go into that. It's... Too many variables. Like yeah. obesity is not caused just by gym <laughs> attendance. Yeah, I've got that's what I mean. That's what. Yeah, that's there thing. would be lots of people that attend those gyms mm. or have a membership at those gyms, mm. therefore keeping them in business. Either they don't attend, they do attend and they eat it's like shit, or they there are uh, so many factors eat a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They train, but they just haven't yeah. made enough change to their body, so they're still in that obese category. Yeah. So. Uh, whilst gyms might have doubled, all the other factors that contribute to um, the obesity epidemic might have also increased as well. Mm. Yeah, there's too many variables to maybe to, to basically pin it on on gyms itself. I think if you could take three, I mean, there's a you're right. There's a multifaceted. It's not something you're just going to solve overnight. Mm. And we're yeah. just referring to gyms. I was just quoting what I read and all that. So, yeah. but n- nowadays, if you could put it down to three. Pinpoint three reasons of why do you think that's the case? <laughs> Tough question. Uh, I mean, if you could each have an individual <laughs> point, you know what I mean? I think one is like that. Uh, for me personally, I think it's just um, yeah. human psyche in general. People say to me, like, when the pandemic hit, I thought it was the biggest wake up call for humanity because even though the pandemic 
obviously it was something I wanted to leave out, but the COVID pandemic was something I felt like really it was a big world event that kind of shook the world. I felt like everyone was going to sort of wake up and take a look at themselves. Because if you look at the rate of people who were actually dying from COVID, a major- not a majority, but a very strong proportion of them were actually overweight. And then, you know, we everyone was like debating about the COVID vaccine and that's just another conversation on its own. <laughs> but I'm sure if I took two people and I took a guy who was very, very healthy, trained a lot, you know, looked after himself, you know, occasionally he'd drink and all that. But if I took someone who's vastly overweight and all these underlying health conditions, surely COVID's going to steer a little bit more, like the chances of catching COVID is going to steer a little bit more towards that person. I think maybe a chance of catching it is probably the same, but the yeah. chance of having um, uh, sort of adverse side effects to it other than just, you know, f- flu symptoms mm. um, are probably higher in the person that is just say, quote-unquote, unhealthier. Mm. <coughs> Mark, what's your point? What's your, what's, your, what's your point? What do you think one of the reasons he's why? He's looking dark and stormy. <laughs> <out> there, man. <laughs> um, man, I think you mentioned um, sort of that access to information mm-hmm. and it sort of being the internet age and social media. We have, at the tip of our fingers, readily available information, like ready to consume, like in an instant. But I think the f- going on to a completely different, I guess, issue like the fitness industry, there is, although there is a plethora of good information, good helpful information that everyone can access, read and learn from, there is a, a wash of misinformation at the, out there. And to sort of the average person who is completely removed from the fitness, I guess, sphere, it's very hard to discern what is good and bad information because like for us we're all sort of steeped into fitness to some degree or or another and it's very it's very easy for us at least to be like hey this is probably good information hey this is probably crap and so then you have all these fitness people fitness influencers trying to make a quick buck selling bad information and that cycle sort of keeps repeating itself like Mike Chang, we were talking about before. Mm. Terrible advice, but <clears throat> I guess marketed to a poorly informed I- audience. And so we just continue this cycle of people not being able to understand what's good and what's bad. And so, you know, I guess that's probably a relatively significant contributing factor to, I guess, this whole situation about obesity. Morgan? I'd definitely look at yeah, the the flips the obvious flip side of that, which is um not the misinformation in the fitness industry, but the misinformation that's peddled by, you know, the fact that like, you know, the foods that we eat today and the amount of sugar and like nothing's changed since the eighties, nothing's changed since the nineties really. Companies are still I think it's getting worse. Mm. I mean, we've definitely moved towards factory food in that you can now have, you know, like a chicken in a battery cage ends up as chicken nuggets, you know, pumped full of... The chicken may have been pumped full of hormones, who knows? Um, That's then eaten by a person who then develops a taste for those chicken nuggets and the cycle just continues. And there's only one winner there. And I think this aggressive move towards, you know... Well, it's a natural, like, hyper-capitalist urge, I guess, that moves towards more efficient, more profits, growth. You know, it's it's just not good for humanity in general. I guess that's a huge claim to say, but I suppose the general direction that society is moving right now can essentially be seen as the root cause. Mm. I'm going to 100% say one of the big reasons it's one thing. There's actually two. I reckon it's just the direction in which humanity is going right now in general. Obviously, we always want to make things easier and easier and easier and easier for ourselves because I honestly believe that human beings, we were evolved in a way that we would sort of programmed ourselves to avoid anything difficult you know what i mean Official. i yeah. feel like this whole our generation well maybe our generation but the generation next generation they're dopamine junkies oh god is that the right um that's the right chemical what's the chemical that gives you yeah, immediate yeah, yeah, pleasure yeah. dopamine yeah i think Fake so fuck. Uh, <laughs> i feel like we are dopamine junkies i honestly do how easily accessible everything is, how there's an addiction for social media, how there's an addiction for cheap food, how there's an addiction, how cheap it is. You go to a 
you go to a um a petrol station, it's literally ninety cents for a chocolate bar, but it's like I don't know how much it is for a piece of fruit, it's a little bit more, you know, for mm. a kilo of bananas it's more or whatever, or apples. So there's that and then I just honestly believe it's the age of like controlling and information and misinformation. I remember when I was in uni I had an argument with someone who actually believed that more than eight hours of exercise a week was considered unhealthy. And I'm like, mate, if if you're telling me more than eight hours a week of exercise is unhealthy, you were talking to one of the most unhealthiest human beings <laughs> you've ever met in your life. Okay? Eight hours? I mean, like, okay, then define exercise. Oh, vigorous? Are debatable, honestly. But then you're talking, and then you're going to go to someone in the military who's like going through hell week, and then they're going through all that concentrating for survival, or someone's getting ready for a marathon. You're telling me that's unhealthy? I mean, that's really crazy. But yeah, the information, information. Uh, but the other thing is just the concept behind like where we're going is in terms of there was the body acceptance movement that me and Callum touched on just last week, but that's. That's another in information itself. I do believe that had something to do with it and the glorification of things like the dad bod and the glorification of, you know, obviously, again, there was that. And I feel like that's what's going through as well. I mean, there's that. Anyway, um, okay, that pretty much clears up most of it before I can start ranting and all that. That's the last <laughs> thing I want to start doing. Okay, so... The next one, this one's a little bit different as well. This is one that I thought about running down. Uh, it's a, this is a bit of a weird one as well. Do you believe that th- there's, a, there's a poem actually obviously goes into, um, what is it, the whole COVID situation. There's a poem that said, strong times, sorry, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. Do you believe the idea that right now we are at the end of that cycle and eventually we'll deep delve into strong men or do you think we're not there yet and we're going to keep going men slightly going to get a little bit more weaker and weaker? What's your take? Because, you're, yeah. You're my completely honest take. Yeah, yeah go You're on. not going to like it. Okay. <laughs> but the cycle doesn't exist or if it did exist, it's been broken. Oh. And likewise, we're being broken. Uh, my honest opinion... <laughs> It's uh, very sad, but I mean, just looking at the way the world is going, I feel like things aren't necessarily going to get better in a way that you and I can control. It's very nihilistic, Morgan. Well, I've come to, I don't know, I've just come <laughs> to the point where I think, you know, like, we've seen, we've seen that there are powers that act on our lives every single day, you know. Mm-hmm. You pay your taxes, you, you know, go to school, go to uni you're told that these things are going to allow you to grow up and become your own person, become your own man. Uh, you know, and then, I don't know, I have too many examples to pick from, like, then your elected government goes and blows up 40,000-year-old caves. Mm. Sorry, a mining company does that mm. legally, you know, with a letter from a judge that says, yeah, this is morally wrong, but it's legal. That's what's important. Uh, and you can turn around and ask yourself, am I really going to change anything? when things like that, things that are so clearly morally wrong, continue to happen. Mm. So, in my view, the cycle, yeah, doesn't exist. Maybe it did at some point. I'd like to think it did. Maybe in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War. Maybe that was when things started going topsy-turvy, but I don't know. You kind of all lost words right now. That's pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well Very all well I took away from that is we're broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really have anything to add on to that one. I think <laughs> the cycle exists in a micro state almost. So mm-hmm. it's not like generational. It might be within a family. That's where I commonly see it. Mm. Let's say. Someone makes a lot of money, their family's very wealthy, the son gets an easier life, he is now a weak man, basically. Mm. Yeah. His next son has a fairly hard time, then becomes a strong man. Yeah. So I, I think it does exist, but uh, not for everybody. Um, and if it does, it's sort of within a family situation. Yeah. I guess that, that analogy, I'd... I think it's interesting to consider it from a different point of view, which is 
say you have two people <laughs> again on a desert island, right? Mm. Two people. Go back uh, to that desert island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Person A works really where, where, hard. Where is your island, by the way? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in the Bahamas, or uh, we? I tell talk? you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, like, person A, is right, it, is works... It morally wrong but legal to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we're going to find out soon. <laughs> um, so, person A works during the dry season, builds a house. Mm-hmm. Person B spends the dry season, I don't know, eating coconuts, right, just chilling. Then, when the rains come, right, person B gets wet, person A stays dry, fair. But then person A and person B have kids, and all of a sudden, person B's kids grow up without a house, regardless of what type of person they grow up to be. They've already started wet. They're not going to get dry. Mm. And from there, the cycle just gets worse and worse. So that's what I... Yeah, that's why I don't think it's a cycle. Mm. It's more like a, a pyramid, I guess. Mm. Well, well, I didn't think I didn't think it that way. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot back at Morgan, Morgan then about another question. Okay. Um, and we'll keep this one rolling. <laughs> uh, nature... Or nurture? What builds a person more? Or do you think it's a combination of both? Because I love this question. I do. Is it, yeah. Do you think it's genetics yeah. or do you think it's their experience? Yeah, because I think mm. you see a lot of those kids, they come from fucking harsh backgrounds and then they go on to fucking kill it. But I'm like, how many of those is a percentage of those people come from those harsh backgrounds and how harsh are mm. we talking? Because mm. you meet a lot of people that come from very, very broken homes and broken families and end up wind up in jail. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't say genetic, but if you consider uh, nature to be like the conditions into which you're born, would that be right? Yeah, Where born and nurture you being develop, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and nurture being what outside forces have acted upon you once you've been born. Yeah, once you've yeah. been born and through your development. Yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like it, it's hard because it's the easy way out to try and explain things using nature, but it's also the easy way out to explain things using nurture, and it's used by <laughs> yep. both sides always against the other. It's like a self-sabotaging uh, dichotomy, I guess. It's, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'd I have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it a lot. I think it's just yeah. a, a, a combination of both that, that goes into a per- person's characteristics and a per- person's um, okay, so demeanour. Why do you think it's both? Um... Because of the example that you gave where um, there might be 10 people in one situation and 10 people in another. Um, 10 people in the first situation, it's really hard. 10 people in the other situation, it's really easy. There might be uh, a fair amount of combinations that come out of that, um, but it's all going to be on a spectrum. Mm. So some are going to excel and some are going to fail miserably, we'll say, in terms of personality and success in life. Um and that will be from a combination of both the, a good um, upbringing, I guess, or, or a hard upbringing. Um, how they survive or how they interact with their experience is based on their genetics, I think. And if we want to delve a little bit deeper, their epigenetics, mm. yeah, which is a topic for another conversation. Yeah, I mean, one thing... It's like this. I think it's. I, I do agree with you on both. I do. Sli- I am someone who slightly leans towards the nurture side because, put it this way, you know, we can all say we will have been very, very fortunate. We were very fortunate. We were lucky that we, you know, were born in the families. We went to good schools. You know, we study. We went to uni. We have half decent jobs. None of us are fucking. Like we have a stable mind. That's I can say we were lucky. Mm. Very. But, but we all do, I believe, inherently within ourselves have a drive for success. I would yeah. say agree that. And that's not something, uh, I feel like that's something we were there by choice. And regardless of what of our situation was, let's say if your background was a little bit more messed up than mine or mine was yours, there's, there's I don't believe the idea that you should... Uh, let it hold you back I believe there's a way that mentally if you want it you can get it and that regardless of what background you have and if people say they got successful off just because oh their background was hard then uh, and that's one thing then pretty much you know I wouldn't be, believe that was the case I believe it was always by what they built in what they actually um, tr- sort of focused on trained themselves to do and trained themselves response to 
but then again you know how much of that again is genetic and how much of that really is um actually just you know something that's built up over time so that's why i don't tend to go too much towards nature i do believe nature can shape you but i also believe that it's your nurture that helps you evolve as well and having that desire um and also as in response to what happens to you i mean because put it this way you can't control your nature at all i mean you can't everyone's get everyone gets born with pretty pretty much like this everyone gets born with a deck of cards you know or a hand of cards some people get better hands than others some people get really shit hands some people don't even get hands at all uh I mean, hands of cards, not generally <laughs> <better> <laughs> hands. Like, like you specified. Yeah, that's what I was I got a few say. less cards. I'm only 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> I got way less cards than you. <laughs> but that, that's, that's the point. But that, that's then how you perceive it to be. You know, I mean, I know a buddy, he, and it also comes down to how we view ourselves in terms of identity. Like, I know a guy, he was 5'4", and he had such a hard time with women, you know, dating and in the dating life. And he believed the idea just because he was 5'4", he could not get girls. And that, that was his whole mindset behind it. So, yeah, it's, it's that. And then there was another guy who I knew who was the same height, maybe even a little bit shorter, but he was so confident when it came to women and he just believed that, hey, I can't, con- I can't change this, but, you know, I care about the way I'm going to respond to it. That is that. Fair point. I just love asking that question because there's no answer to it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. There really is fair no point. answer to it. It's like, a deep, it's like a deep, deep question you can debate about, you know? Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. Can of worms. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, heading up now to the last couple of questions. So, gentlemen, why is it that we call a grapefruit a grapefruit <laughs> when, <laughs> when, it's, when it's not a grape and it's the only f- fruit with the word fruit in it? No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, that was shit. What's your take on this concept? Do you believe that everything in life is completely set in stone? And no matter, let's say, if you were told you something, you were going to die on this day and you would do everything you could to avoid it. Um, it doesn't matter. It will happen either way. Or are you one of those people who believes that the future is constantly in flux and depends on your decisions you make day in, day out? It's constantly limbo. I think our actions determine the, our outcomes yeah. and affect others around us. Okay. Mm. Like, for example, I made a dodgy right turn on the way here. <laughs> it, definitely, <laughs> it definitely ruined somebody else's day and that might impact their, their significant <laughs> other. Like, my actions definitely affected somebody today. Uh, but then there's the thing I ask, how do you know that? Like, how do people know? Like, who knows what the future is going to be, you know what I mean? And who determines that? What do you think, Mark? I'd have to agree with Callum on that one. Um, yeah, me and Mark are fully in the control of our situations. <laughs> <laughs> um, Masters of our own will. Yeah. I think um, what comes to mind is, um, yeah, I'm sure you guys know this anime, Naruto. Um, and there's um, obviously the protagonist, Naruto, and one of his, <coughs> at the time, sort of, I guess antagonists or like in the form of like a classmate was a guy called Neji and they had two very opposing views on sort of how fate destiny is determined kind of like the question we're posed here. Neji was of the mind that <clears throat> um, your fate is set you are you are sort of headed for this one destination you cannot change it no matter what you do whether whereas naruto is coming from the point where point of view where you can you can be the master of your destiny you can change your situation you can change how your life unfolds um eventually obviously because the anime is called naruto naruto convinces neji that you can change your destiny um but yeah i just thought i'd put that into well, but then it could have been it could have been Neji's destiny to change his views on destiny. What? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> it's another it's another one of those unanswerable questions. But yeah. they're well, good questions because they they like trigger such a response. Yeah. Well, the one thing I was going to say this is a benefit of having three guys and have like three different perspectives on a question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh what do you think? Do you think you're someone who has constantly constant flux, or nah. at least some things are set in stone? 
I actually agree very much with everyone else, which yeah. might be a first. <laughs> um, I'm like, I've always, um, well, I suppose, yeah, I've always tried to live my life from a very, I guess, spiritually individualist type of type of vibe. Like, you know, mm. what I do, what I make of myself, this, that, you know, changing my life. Um, and meditating on the concept of destiny can help you actually um, accept your own individual free will. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean, as soon as you asked that question, I thought of this poem, which is from the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, I think a, um, a Persian scholar from the Middle Ages. And it's the moving hand. So it goes, the moving hand writes, and having writ, moves on. Nor all of your piety, nor your wit, will call it back to cancel half a line. Nor all your tears wash out a word of it. And so when I think of that, I think of everything that I've done in my life as an individual being this like indelible, you can't erase, like unerasable ink on a stone slab somewhere, which is just, it's going to be there. That's what I've done. And all I can do in this life is focus on that endless blank slab in front of me and ask myself, what am I going to write on that slab? But some people, when they read that poem, they get vibes of destiny. Mm. They get this idea that their story is being written by some massive hand mm. that's just writing out whatever that whatever they're acting out in their daily lives. So mm. it goes both ways. I'm definitely in the first individual. Yeah. Writer. I believe sometimes it can go both ways as well because we know that death is con- death is inevitable, right? We can agree that some things are, are inevitable. Taxes, too. That's another thing. <laughs> Do taxes, kids. Uh, Fuck the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, it's, it's that idea, like, because if it's something is constant, who decides what it is? Who decides? And if it is a consequence of an action, who decides what the consequence is? And if something is going to be inevitable, you know, who, who are they? You know, it's, it's a weird, weird, weird concept because... Let's say, for example, if, but you, or, but then again, you don't know what the future is always going to hold, or, but in some cases we do, you know, if let's say, for example, if you know you're not going to train, but you choose not to train, but even though the constant from it is you're not going to, obviously have the body you want. If you eat like shit, then that's what's going to happen. Even though you know you're choosing to, but then the constant is inevitable, and there's certain things as well that can happen to you as well that you just do not see coming and then you respond to but then you ask yourself oh is this just something that's completely out of the blue or is this always a consequence of my actions you know um i think maybe we are on the side of oh it's destiny because maybe we don't want to accept the consequence of our actions. Also, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't put myself in that spot. It's I had a podcast room right now. It's a good thing that we actually had to contain it so we'll blow the top off the fucking place. <laughs> anyway, boys, that is game. Uh thank you all very much for doing this. Um hope you enjoyed that. Okay, before we finish up, uh boys if anyone's listening to this and they want to follow you on social media, this is just something I do every week with every guest, starting with Callum. Where can they find you? Uh, at Callum Tuffield on Instagram or Coach Cal Tuff at, on Instagram. Mark? Uh, you can find me at Yoshimasa Lifts. That's Y-O-S-H-I-M-A-S-A. Lifts. <laughs> <laughs> or White Monster, maybe. Still. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan? Yeah, if anyone's interested in the... Uh, Eastern European Jewish music scene. <laughs> then my Instagram is pretty much based around Klezmer music. Uh, it's Klezmorth, K-L-E-Z-M-O-R-T-H, named after um, a good, a co- well, today a good friend's very bad misspelling of my name. First time I met him, Mr. Brian Huang. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's probably. He's, hopefully, we can get him on the next one. Anyway, guys, thank you very much, and that is a wrap. <laughs>